On tonight's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the boys are still just being boys on the boys, if we will get in a clash over the 1990s Flash, and which of our comic book TV characters would make the perfect D&D party. All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we're putting in the work and we're watching all those TV shows that are based on a comic book and even the ones based on a comic book property. I'm here. I'm the host. My name's Cassie. I'm just, like, dedicated to be here for you guys and help you through all of this comic book TV. But, I mean, there is a lot out there. There's so much right now. So I've brought some friends along. Here with me, as always, is Ryan. Cassie, I love your tone today, which is just, like... Red Cross asked you to volunteer to do this to help the homeless and the veterans, and you're just here for that, and I appreciate that. I mean, thank you for that. Like, I've t- I've put in like it's probably like 33 episodes at this point, and like I just feel like I've done my service to society, and I haven't gotten a thank you yet. So like, I just have to ask for it at this point, and this is me asking. I'm not gonna do it. You're not gonna thank me, or you're not gonna ask. I'm not gonna thank you. Okay, well, all right then. That's Maybe... what the money's for. Well, sometimes you need more than money, or just more money, I guess. Let me see if this other co-host... <laughs> so you want to raise. Me. I'm just trying to get something out of this besides just watching like TV shows. I thought like this would get like fame and glory or just a lot of money, but so You're not far, getting a raise me... from me, but you're getting a rise out of me. <laughs> I'll take that at least. It's something, you know? And let me see if this next co-host will thank me. Uh, here with me, as always, is Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for introducing me. Okay. Thank you for applauding Any- my entrance here. Um, anything else? So- this is a couple thank yous, but not exactly what I was looking for. Uh, thank you for introducing Ryan before me. Okay. Ryan, thank you for being such a great panelist uh, for, I believe at this point, something like 343 mm-hmm. shows in a row. And Mike, I got to say... Uh, I think you is not enough words for you, Mike, just to not what you've done for the show and on the show, but as a friend and as a person from the bottom of my fucking heart. Thank you. Okay. No, thank you. Okay. No, thank when you. I was no, hungry, you stopped. No, you thank you. Thank me. you. So like me just coming in here asking for a thank you has now turned you guys against me. And I get that you've put in like years of work and everything. But like, is it too much to ask for? Did I admit like 33 episodes, you guys? That's like 33 okay. is actually more you know than what? I thought. I was, yeah. was going to say like six or seven. Uh, it feels like you've always been here to me. I can't remember who you replaced. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, all joking aside, thank you for doing a really good job on Unnatural 20s and mm-hmm. then giving us whatever scraps you have left. You guys are yes. so welcome. Yeah. Yeah, you no, it really like, it, it really does feel like energy is like dollars. You know, it's like, it's, there's, uh, and then she spends it all there and then has like change. Like, yeah. oh, I've got a hundred dollars, and unnatural twenties is what like ninety nine fifty four, and then mm-hmm. she comes and she gives us the best forty six cents the 46 she possibly cents. can. Yeah, it really does feel like uh, 
I don't want to reveal too much behind the curtain, but that Unnatural 20s records on a Monday night where she's her most jazzed and record on a Saturday where it is just like barely rolling out of bed depressed. And she's like, I'll be on your fucking show. To be fair, Mike, and you know it's my job to always defend Cassie. The Superhero Show Show has, she is with two of the most congenial, talented, just uh, incredible podcasters of all time. And Unnatural 20s, Cassie's pulling a lot of the weight, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, there's just like it's different levels of professionals for sure. But I don't know why you guys are like complaining about getting the change from me because we're in a coin coin shortage right now. So maybe you're getting the most value out of me by getting just the change. That's true. So at this point, coin shortage means coins are worth worth more than dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go change all my cash for coins, and then I'm gonna be a billionaire. Oh, have you seen those new cash for coins commercials late at night? <laughs> Is it the new scheme of how to be a billionaire? And like yeah. how to retire by age 20 and everything, just get coins. But they mean million pennies. <laughs> One million pennies. Well, you guys, I mean, I could talk about coins all day for you guys. I could like beg you guys for thank yous all day. Is this a coin cast? <laughs> this is a coin cast. Love those dollar, the dollar coins. So good. Love those. Oh, those are great. The Sacagaweas? Love a good Sacagawea. Yeah. Pennies, we can get rid of them. I'm fine with it. I know it's probably not the best time to be saying that, but like, just get rid of them. Yeah. Nobody cares about these pennies. I like coins with presents on them that weren't killed in a theater. Yeah. Anywhere else, fine. But in a theater, come on. Hey, it's Lincoln like never got COVID. Mark, get it out of here. <laughs> right out of here. But you guys, I would love to keep talking about coins and the boys on coins for use. But fortunately, our main event, we got to talk about some other boys. But before we get to that, no, I think that is what we're going to first. We're going to talk about the boys. <laughs> on episode six of The Boys, Homelander and Storm- Stormfront still be fucking. But now it's while murdering. And speaking of murdering, Starlight is discovering that she is down with it as long as it's for the sake of saving her friends and saving Dewey. Meanwhile, the rest of the boy crew is sneaking into some lab place where they find out that Stormfront is trying to stabilize all other soups in an attempt to build a super army. Also, the Deep is trying to convert A-Train to, like, Scientology while continuously slinging Fresca. So, Taste Buds, I ask you, how are you liking this new dynamic between Starlight and Butcher? Uh, Real quick, uh, it was... It's Huey, not Uncle Donald's other nephew. Is it Louie? Dewey or Louie. (laughs) Did I put the wrong name for him? Yeah, it's Huey. I thought and, it was on purpose. And, and then the Deep is trying to get a train to be a Scientologist, not a train. Because that's, that's so much harder to do. A train. Just a train. I feel, Just I believe pouring Fresca right into the train <laughs> engine. I know uh, he can control like, all the sea animals, but I think it's time he goes to machinery, for sure. He's trying to move to land. <laughs> but What's to the whale of the land? A train. A train. To not be a rude asshole about your actual question, Cassie, uh, I will say that it's... It's a clear goal, you know, and sometimes that's always a little clunky. Like, they want to do this thing in this episode, and that was very obvious. Um, But the way that they did the clunky thing, I still thought worked. There was two parts. There was the the jokey conversation about him in the bed, and then there was just uh, on the way to the hospital, there was a moment. Yeah, and that that worked really well for me because him looking at her, and she was like, no. No to that quiet look of respect or approval. Like the, 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 she commented on a way that didn't make me roll my eyes, but made me like it. I, I think Annie might be the MVP of the show because everybody does pretty big performances, and she's week in week out just like doing pretty grounded, real acting, and she might be great. I I mean, it's also sort of like if we had moments of the week in the main events, which we do not. It would this would be mine because it's so boys in that. 
every other show that exists would have Starlight say something, and then uh, Butcher gives her that look, and then they cut to commercial mm-hmm. or something else to to a different storyline, and she's she uh, does the record scratch, and she's like, "No, fu- you don't fucking give me that look." Like, we're not cutting away to a new scene. I'm going to hold on this conversation to say, go fuck yourself. How about that shit? Yeah, that was her saying, it's not just that we don't get along just because you don't like me. I also don't like you and never have. Remember that. (laughs) It's equal ground for once. Uh, But I want to know, so she seems like, this development that I came, because I'm in and out from the show, is that she's like fine with murder and everything. And have they been building this up at all? Because it seemed like a bit extreme turn for me. I don't know if she's fine with it, but like this season especially, but the whole show is definitely her being like, oh, being a superhero isn't all great. Like, and learning about the harsh realities of the world, not just that like you're owned by a corporation and the other soups could be bad, but that like you have to do shitty things to do the ultimate good thing at times. So it didn't feel like, oh, I'm fine with murdering because it was still an accident when she killed that guy. And it and it, like it, I think it was very purposeful that they had that scene where she basically she they they go to like commandeer somebody's car like only happens to TV all the time because Huey's guts car, are like spilling out of him. Right, so they got to get him Dewey? to the hospital. <laughs> Louis's guts are spilling out of him. <laughs> and the guy who was driving seems pretty like amicable at first, but then pulls a gun and. Then Starlight has to give him a little blast, and it felt like a little one, but the guy's head exploded on the street. Cracked open. And Starlight is handling it different than she used to, right? She's like, eh, right. I, that sucked, but it's not the greatest. But he pulled a gun on us, and Huey is bleeding out. So. And then, yeah, not only made it a point to say, like, if he didn't fucking... Why do these fucking people think that they're warriors, too? With their guns, they're not, like... When you have a gun, you're going to die. It doesn't make you invulnerable, which I think is a little bit of social commentary. And then I I think that the show made it very, like, it was very purposeful to also show the Maeve tape. The Maeve and Homelander on the plane, uh, leaving all uh, all of the people to die. Mm -hmm. So no one can talk about how they left all the people to die. And... That I think that shows the difference between Annie, who is doing what it takes, but also, you know, like, sometimes that takes, you have to do some shitty shit, and Homelander and Maeve, but mostly Homelander, who, like, are just fucking terrible people. Yeah, because I remember that episode that the tape is from, uh, is, they basically suggest doing the Superman thing, grab the plane, and he explains the physics that they could all die, but instead of trying anything, he leaves, and they could both grab, like, two people, and he's like, no, then they'll let everybody know we let other people die. So, and Elena Maeve's like ex-girlfriend, sort of girlfriend, finds the tape and that that's what brings it back in this episode. So yeah, so I would say Cassie, the arc has been there that Starlight is no longer as idealistic um but is still far far away from Homelander. It is it just they it seemed very intentional like the fact that they made her like get in the back seat where there was a car seat and she still was like it had mm. to be done. Like that's the part where it was like it, they seemed they still wanted you to know like she like took a father away and I guess if they're saying like that whole commentary I get it it just was like they were like straight up like look at this was a father and now she's like had to be done so but I look, guess in the extremes being a father doesn't make somebody good I'm guessing the way that guy reacted his kid's better off there you go <laughs> and that's I think what they were truly saying so thank you for pointing that out to me for sure uh and just like I want to know. So we got to see Hormlander and Stormfront still together, which I thought was surprising because I thought like she was kind of just using Homelander. But were you guys surprised to see that she like actually likes this dude? 
When people, I mean, yeah, we have to talk about the big reveal at the end, which I think sort of backs up why. But I feel like that when people like Homelander meet people like Stormfront, they hold on to each other and uh, mm. like to build up each other and their beliefs and keep that shit going for as long as possible. Yeah, it's somebody who's not below them, whatever that means to e- either of those two characters. That they yeah. both there's things in the end that they could quote unquote be themselves, even if Homelander wants to think he wants that, but is learning he really does just like the control. Uh, because she is not where she said she'd be for twenty minutes and he's starting to freak out about it. Which yeah, I mean we Burn can all we, we can all uh, you know, relate to that where I didn't get a text for, you know, nineteen minutes and I timed it, so where the fuck were you? I'm gonna destroy our relationship. I also like that, like his big surprise that he's so butthurt she didn't show up for was just a vase, a flat, a bouquet, saying "Thanks for a great day." Like this guy sucks. He can't even do like big romantic gestures. Which, uh, big. I mean, like for him, this is big. Like this, he's probably never done anything like this, and so he right. was so ready for the response. And I think this is, I think this sort of gets the like. The, I think the reason why this episode was among the best, and I, like I'm really glad that Cassie, this is one that you watched. Is because I think that a lot of people, not Cassie, not I'm not putting words in your mouth, but a lot of people are down on the show because they, th- I think that they think it thinks toxic masculinity is funny, and the show revels in it. And this was a great episode, both from Homelander and Butcher, you mm-hmm. know, of showing how this show is about how like how toxic masculinity ruins the world and how awful the people are. Like Homelander burns down. His entire trailer puts lives in danger because his quote-unquote girlfriend said, oh, I'm busy right now. I'll be back in 20 minutes and cannot handle it, you know? And and a Homelander then is able to use him as this – all, this all ties together. Or Stormfront is able to use Homelander because Homelander is that kid on the internet who is who feels alone and so the the fucking Nazi that Stormfront is can come and grab him and say, Well here here you'll be loved as long as you hate the right people. This is all about, you know, why Trump is president. This I don't think this is reveling in the jokes about how toxic masculinity is funny. I think it's all about how terrible it is. Yeah, and any of the jokes that are there I think is trying to highlight how clownish and goofy like it's not like, oh it's scary and bad. It's like, no, they're fucking dumb goofballs and it's bad yeah this was the one episode like i didn't like i get the show better now because i didn't like normally when i watch the show i genuinely feel like fucking trash afterwards like (laughs) there's like an amount of fear you get while this show is where it's just like a deep instinct and it wasn't like it didn't have that with this one i think it's for those points that you said and also to have like just somebody who homelander can't completely control who can be his equal helps out to balance it even though she is absolute garbage and like a giant piece of shit but like then i can i can handle it if it's just like shitty people and how everything's going down i'm fine with that but now that we have like it is taking a turn from just like everything's this hyper masculinity that like doesn't matter watch it watch it be extreme it didn't feel as bad to watch I mean, this is this has been said many times by us and other people, but I feel like this is what you just described, Cassie, is the jump from a Garth Ennis comic book. And I would say I've, I've been reading him for a long time, probably his worst comic book, to a really great, nuanced, three-dimensional show, is that mm-hmm. the comic book was what you thought, like what you're scared the show might be. It's just the it's just the jizz and the shit joke. It's just dick strangling people. <laughs> it's just the, it's just the dick strangling. Uh, but I think that they've added this thing of oh no, can we get little fucking boys on the internet that are, that are going to grow up to like bring guns to protest? Can we get them to think for a second? And the answer is no. 
The answer is you absolutely <laughs> cannot. But I appreciate yeah. the show trying. You're trying. But, Mike, you did mention I, we should get to the lab real quick. And just because you mentioned it, they're, so sh- they're trying to stabilize soups there. And one of the soups we see is this dude who just has a dick that grows very long. And, like, you mm-hmm. could stabilize this guy, but can you put him out in the public and be a superhero is, my, is what I want to know. That's no, a good question. I didn't think about that. He's not there because he's works. crazy. He's there because his power is so disgusting, right? It's, yeah, he's yeah. your wet works guy. You send him after dark. He is not your Mr. Fantastic, I think is probably what his superhero name would be. I get him being wet works because when he works, I get wet. Look at, mm. look at that. Oh, great. great, great did, you guys, did you guys uh, read the behind-the-scenes story about that scene? No. no. So they read it in the script, and the guy who plays Mother's Milk is always trying to fuck the guy who plays Frenchie. And says, said, okay, so I'm going to get strangled by it. Then Frenchie should try to save me and have no choice but to bite it off my neck and just, like, chow down on it. And apparently the guy who plays Frenchie, uh, sorry, I don't know any of these names, but the guy who plays Frenchie was like, oh, really, Mother's Milk? Go fuck yourself. And went into the scene with so much verve and a plum that he destroyed the fake penis with his mouth. And they couldn't <laughs> use the take because he just tore all the way through it. <laughs> and i appreciate him. that <laughs> that really feels close to their characters yeah it really yeah. does right <laughs> that's very good um while we're talking here in the lab we did in this lab we got to see i don't know the guy's name for sure candle lighter or lamp lighter lamp lighter so did we see this guy in season one is this like a callback that we knew as soon as we saw him i, I know we saw s- him in i know we saw this guy or did not see this guy in lock and key and x-men because there's mm. There's twins, right? The actors yeah, are Sh- twins. Sean Ashmore and uh, Ashmore. More Ashon and they. O- I love how they're only in like comic book shit. Yeah, yeah. But this one is the one that played Iceman, and now he's playing basically Pyro. And he said he like they're like, oh, he got tips, and it was just him watching the guy play with the lighters. Like I should play with a lighter. <laughs> it was not a big reveal. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think this guy is not normally great i think he's doing pretty well with this like guilt-ridden bad guy mm-hmm. uh and again i think it's starting to turn everybody it's just saying the boys aren't a great team and they're not great people how how everybody's re- starting to reflect the people they think are the villains is pretty interesting so that lamplighter and and frenchy both blame each other for the same fucked up night mm-hmm. where he killed the colonel's kids and frenchy's like frenchy had to leave because his best friend was ODing. And so it's doing that Peter Parker split between real life and superheroing and Frenchie chose real life, but still lost his friend anyway. And yeah. then blames himself because these kids died. The Colonel blamed him. They haven't seen each other in years because the kids died. And the Lamplighter, who was trying to just kill the Colonel, blames Frenchie because he was like, you were tailing me. You should have stopped me from doing that, which is a fun way to deal with guilt. <laughs> yeah. It is like, I want to know, because it seemed like he was there to like kind of help Frenchie. Like Frenchie was really going through it with like to like forgive this guy. And it seemed like he did, which seemed like a moment of like character growth for him. But then at the end, when he is with the colonel, that is the colonel, right? At the end, mm-hmm. when she is like, so you know, he was like, he's begging her to like spare this guy's life because like, uh, and you think it's because he's finally he was like, I finally forgiven him. But then he was like, nobody could torture him more than he could torture himself. And like, is that? Do you think that was to get her to not kill him, or is he actually still super fucking pissed? Well, I think the craziest part about like everyone's talking about everybody, right? Everyone's a hero. Everyone's a villain. Everyone is projecting. Everyone is empathetic to an extent. So every, everybody's talking about everything. But then in this instance, 
And that's how like TV works. But in this instance, we have the exact same event that is causing it. The right. thing that is destroying Frenchie is the thing that is destroying uh, Lamplighter. And so not only do I understand what he's going through because you know I have empathy, but I understand what he's going through because I'm, I was literally involved in the situation right. that made him like this. Yeah, it, it's it's not. I, I'm sure there's still anger there, but he's he Frenchie's basically talking about Frenchie there. He's saying mm-hmm. you can't like hurting, and I think he's letting the current like she won't feel better in right. the long run. She'll probably feel worse that she killed this guy. That's the other thing. And then there's the tertiary thing I would say is if we leave Lamplighter alive, then he has a little fucking bit of like you know. Uh, trust with us and now we have starlight and we have lamplighter and do we have a seven now like are we getting close to building a seven that can fight i think that's definitely in the back of his mind or at least in the back of butchering mother's milk's life mind right there is in like building up to seven you're saying like gathering more at the very end we see one of the super powerful soups the one who like goes gets out from the hall and has like these crazy mind powers actually is like one of the only ones i think who survives from this place mm-hmm. and she's out in the open so do you think like eventually we get her teaming up what do you see her future being i think she might be just a chaotic neutral other party out there causing... this, is, this is jill stein right yeah <laughs> yeah this is just like yeah this is just everybody's now scared because of this person who i mean like homelander is the most powerful and then stormfront seems to match that and everybody's got their own version of powers, but hers of just being like, Rip, and then your head explodes, that feels powerful. That's- yeah, that's pretty powerful. And she got shot a bunch of times and nothing happened. Nothing yeah. at all. So that's a so, lot. Yeah. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I uh, mean, do you guys get a vibe from Homelander and Star- Stormfront? Because Storm- the big reveal is that Stormfront was married to Vought and who was a big... Hung out with gerbils? Nazi, yeah. It just like talks about Hitler and uh, gerbils as uh, her friends. Um, did you get a Hancock vibe of just like, we have always been meant to be together because we're gods? Do you guys <laughs> a, remember a Hancock? Little, yeah. Oh, so much. It was the hope that dashed everything. Uh, except that was dumb because they were on again, off again for eons and then eons. kept forgetting. And, and this Millenniums. Was, and in this, she was just like, you are everything. He is the Uberman. She is the original Superman that they've always wanted. And she is Hitler's best girlfriend. So, like, Which is, it makes I'm, sense that she's like, we're meant to be together. It's it's kind of crazy casting or hair dye or whatever that, like, or I'm, maybe it's not. Maybe it makes sense. But, like, Homelander is, has has been from day one, the Nazi ideal of human right. beings, you know? Like, and everything about him, from the hair to the everything. Uh, and so, of course, Stormfront would be like, I'm, I will never let you down again. And I don't think it's a ploy. I don't think she's lying to him. Right. I think she's truly in love with his fucking thick whiteness. There's a, there, and you know it's thick. Uh, there, there was an interesting moment. There is humanity in her when she, even though all the people she's talking about are despicable monsters of history, she's saying, everybody I've ever loved who has ever loved me is in the ground, but you won't be. So I will never die to you again. There, there, there is that desperate need for connection in her. Also, that's interesting. Just not just about the show, but for everybody's relationships in real life. When anybody says they'll never lie to you again, that's the first lie of a series of lies for the rest of your life. Just so you know. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. tip, Ryan. Well, because we are almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode? It was a decent episode. It wasn't absolute trash in my mind, and that's all I got. <laughs> I thought it was great, but I see, I see not just like the whole you know focus on other things that 
maybe like you know was alluring to Cassie, but it also didn't have the whole like, can we get away with this? Can we get away with this? Like mm-hmm. I would say the opening with the uh, let's scrunch a head and fuck in its blood. That's mm-hmm. kind of the Boise thing that right. Just maybe, straight Idaho. Yeah, that's like the Idaho that Cassie's maybe not into. But other than that, it was like I, I'm sorry. We have characters develop and story to tell. We have to move on. Oh, and the and the Reed Richards dick. That was yeah. that. That's Boise in as well. <laughs> yeah. So all in all, uh, not bad. The boys is on Amazon. Uh, you can watch it week by week with us because they're releasing it week by week. Coming up next, we are gonna do a D and D draft. <laughs> We are back. We are here for a draft because I don't know if you guys know this. There's not a lot of shows going on right now. So we are here. We are filling it with bullshit for you guys, which is what we do best. And this time we have a fun little bullshit game that I'm very excited for. We are going to be drafting a D&D uh, little party. So Ryan, can you give us the specifics of what we're doing here? Yeah, I would love to. As the D&D pro of the three of us, I would say. Um, you want a well-balanced D&D team, right, Mike? Yes, you do. Do you want six rangers? You do not want six rangers, even okay. if you're just in the woods. Because, <laughs> I mean, shit can go down to the woods. You could find a building, and then how are you going to yeah. get into that building? You need to draft a businessman. Exactly. So, Only businessmen in buildings in D&D. <laughs> we are all responsible for drafting a ranger, a cleric, a rogue, a magic user, which Mike includes what? Uh, that could be a wizard, a sorcerer, a necromancer. There's probably someone forgetting. A fighter, and then a dealer's choice, which is going to be a... From a class that we did not say, only using the shows that we have covered, and so this is basically what is it, Mike, from Agents of Shield on? Uh, yeah. So we're not including a Hulk or '90s Flash or anything like that in the no. history of superhero show show. All of the characters um, are eligible here, and it's a draft, which means Cassie's going to go first because she rigged it, mm-hmm. and then Mike is uh, after Cassie, and then I get two picks because it's serpentine. 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 Okay, so I could just go draft any any class right now anybody i want i'm started off however hold on cassie i do have to i do have to ask mike a real quick question yeah cassie you might want to take your headphones off mike how uh how harsh are you gonna be on this are you like if she drafts um i don't know stripesy as a cleric are you just gonna be like fuck you not a cleric shut the fuck up i think argument really matters here so if she has a solid argument about why he counts as a cleric Sure, we'll see. But are you, I mean, what I'm mostly asking is that, like, are you on your haunches? Are you ready to fucking fight and yes. go down with it? Okay. Stupid, uh, stupid question. Ar- ar- off air around the family and friends circuits, I am, uh, it is fun to play games or, with Mike, but Mike is not fun to play games with. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, I understand what it means because I played games with you. I don't know if it makes sense. Um, and then also during the break, I was rewarded with five. Actually, I wanted that person, and so I'm allowed to use any of those five cards that I got. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. I, we I, all could have had a few. Ryan somehow got them all. I got five of them. So sorry. We call it the three year old rule. <laughs> and no, it's been around for like six months. <laughs> Great one. Okay, so since we started this off and we've set this off that we, this is just going to be a battle to the death and we're ready to fucking yell at each other, Ryan, you know my mind so well because I do have written here to have the ultimate healer as a cleric. I am going to draft cleric right now. And I think he's just like the healer of our soul, more importantly, because you could have somebody who heals your physical body and just like heals up your scrapes and wounds, but you need somebody who's going to go deeper than that. And that person is 
Stripe C, a.k.a. Oh, Pat, yeah. a.k.a. Luke Wilson. <laughs> so thank you for letting me do this. Thank you for the time. I guess I could yield the rest of my time because I believe we all agree that this is the best pick for this. So does he heal you with like his fatherly hugs? Yeah, is that what just you're saying? his fatherliness. Like he just kind of walks on screen and you feel like all your past like issues being mm-hmm. healed. And that's that's all you need, really. Mike, what's the D&D class where it's like, can't do anything, needs daughter to always save him, um, is really just an incapable person? Is that... I think that's called the Pat. That's that's clear. Okay. What what, what I do think, why I do think this is actually a pretty good cleric, if you think about it, is he, yeah, he's not great alone in a fight, but he does boost all the kids. When he's there, Mm -hmm. they all do a little better because they want to impress him. And there's a lot of clerical spells that are similar to that. Yeah. If you need, uh, if you need four or five teenagers to be like, no. All at the same time, you call in Stripesy, and he won't get them to say that. <laughs> but it is. Like, Cleric is straight up the role where you're kind of just there to support the team and bring them up. And that is, like, Stripesy's been that his whole time. He was the sidekick to the whole seven or whatever they were. I now forgot. It's so long. Not the seven. Definitely not no. the seven. <laughs> they do, I think like, I'd rather have Luke Wilson as my Cleric. Honestly, I would be fine with that. I didn't know the rules if I could just draft Luke, so I had to go. I assumed we had to go with characters, but I'll, I'll let you decide you on that one. correctly. All right, it's my turn then. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get the ranger out of the way uh, because to me this is there's one best clear obvious choice, and uh, he's also sort of my team leader. Uh, Were you nervous, he, Mike, with the second pick that you weren't gonna be able to do this? Yes, for sure. And you already know because you know me. Uh, I think what you wanted a ranger is like that distance, and especially they can call it. They can kind of lead everybody what to do. Uh, maybe there's some trick shots. Maybe they can salmon ladder uh, and distract the bad guys. But yeah, it is Oliver Queen, aka the Hood, aka the Arrow, aka the Green Arrow, uh, is my ranger. Aka the Green Flash, the Green Blur, the, the Green Specter, the Green Specter. Uh, does he come with Specter powers? Oh, I guess that's up to you guys. If, if I'm allowed to have that version of him, uh, but no, I, I I probably want like season four or five Ollie, where he's just pure. Rage and arrow shooting. <laughs> Ryan, does this hurt you that now you can't have this one? Or honestly, you find that he's just taken. Honestly, I had prepped for a different ranger. Like my notes say, yeah. not Ollie will be picked. Will like <laughs> uh, even if I get the first pick, somehow somebody will get him first. <laughs> will be picked by the most basic bitch on the show, and so now we know who that is. That doesn't hurt me. I'm winning. I get two in a row right now, and so uh, I'm going to start with my fighter, um, somebody who just knows how to fucking kick some ass, and is probably the most important character in superhero show show history. Uh, Big Bebo is my fighter. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's a solid pick. And uh, just because I know you like loopholes, at no point is Big Bebo, he cannot be disintegrated into five separate characters from the Wave Rider. Well, I mean, if that happens, then now I have five legends to do my fighting. But actually, he is always just Big Bebo. I thought you were asking a question. You're just you're telling me things about my team. That makes that makes more sense about our dynamic. Okay, so (laughs) Big Bebo can never be disintegrated, which is a fact and a motto. Um, And then I am going to go with my magic user, and I uh, did a lot of research on this because I was very nervous about you two always bitching about what I say, and. Uh, sometimes the magic is like from before. I was very upset that WandaVision had not come out yet, right? Like yeah, that's, for sure. That's the magic user that I want. But without that, 
Uh, sometimes you get the magic from somewhere else. Sometimes the magic comes from inside of you. And I will say Cal, a.k.a. Dr. Manhattan, is my magic user. He's got a very That's not bad. He's got a powerful blue team right now. I do, yes. <laughs> blue team. That's his theme. So if you want to screw him over, start thinking about other blue members. Okay, so I have to I have to start coming up with some new research. But yeah. Uh also, guys, um if we're gonna talk about team chemistry or the show that comes from this, you know, uh Legends of Ryan, Legends of Cassie, Legends of Mike. Uh right now I just have Doctor Manhattan and Big Bebo chilling in a bunker trying to figure each other out. And I wanna wow. watch that. <laughs> it would be such a good show. I would love to cover that. Mike, you, your ranger's gone. Someone say that you have the ultimate ranger. Who else are you going to go for? Oh, sorry, Cassie. Uh, you're the host. Okay. I've, say that thing that I just said. <laughs> but I think you actually fucked up. Oh, no, it's Serpentine. You did right. You know how a draft works. Uh, Q and what Ryan just said. Go, Mike. Okay. It's confusing. But uh, I'm going to get my magic user, and there's there's a couple that I desperately wanted, and they were from the same show, and I'm glad nobody has taken either of them, but it does mean I have to make a hard choice now. Oh, uh, wait. Uh, say both of them, and then we'll help you out. No, I don't trust you. Uh, so I think because of the, the, the different forms he can take and the, his just level of power, my magic user is going to be the Shadow King from Legion. Oh, wow. That's strong. Okay. That's powerful. Okay. What, what about team chemistry? The guy's a fucking... Yeah, he's not going to be think... a real team player. He's going to be like the outcast of the team. It's yeah, not going to be a Ollie bonding. Does... Ollie does pretty good with people who don't want to work on a team because he's often not wanted to work on a team as well, uh, and he ropes them in eventually. So I think, I as think soon as they meet, together. as soon as they meet, Ollie's gonna be like, "I'm sorry, Shadow, what? Yeah, who's the king? I'm, I'm no. the king. Uh, and I'm, my name is King Arrow now. Guys, call me King Arrow. <laughs> and who knows? Sometimes he'll be like his his like very suave glasses wearing version, and sometimes he'll be Aubrey Plaza. Like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be wacky. You do that is a way to get a whole bunch of different players in there into one, and I respect that move. So sneaky, sneaky, respectable. Is it my turn now? Do I? It is. Yes. You you have two now, Cassie. Oh dang. Okay. I'm gonna start. Actually, <laughs> I want to start with and my Cassie, rogue. Ca- before you go, Cassie, I do have to remind you. Stripesy has been taken and cannot be taken again. Trust me. If I could fill a team of just little Pat Dugans, my God, what a good team that would be! I would gladly do that. But I, I am going to switch up this dynamic because I have a very wholesome Pat Dugan right now in the cleric position. So I'm going to transfer over to my rogue, where this is where we're going to be bringing the heat. So rogue's incredibly sneaky, and this rogue that I'm picking could just kind of appear in the room. She does have one downside. I'm picking dodge slash echo. Shit. From Lock and Key. And uh, I just feel like she's the perfect rogue. She's a total badass. She can, like, she just always appears everywhere. They never know when she's going to be there. Her only downside is that she does have to stop and insult children at any moment. And, like, <laughs> or fuck <that's>, them. <laughs> one of the two. Children are her downside. And, like, it's okay. I We got to have a balanced team. Somebody will balance that out. Pat Dugan's there to help the kids. She's going to bring them down. And I just feel like this is the t- combo that I want so far. I mean, I would say, like, if we were doing D&D 5 or 6E, which is all superhero shows, ro- she's on the cover of the Rogue, right? Because, like, they're yeah. into, like, picking locks and they're into keys and ke- putting keys it's into right. locks. And changing <laughs> faces. And, yeah, th- this is such a good pick. Thank you. Thank you for your guys' support. I feel good about this one, definitely. Um, I think now, next, I'm going to fill this fighter position. So, fighters for me, you spider? Obviously- oh, fighter. Yeah, you said spider. spider. <laughs> My bad. 
Uh, if I could pick a spider, if I could think of one right now, I would. But I am going just fighter. And for me, a good fighter, he does have to be a tank. He's got to be able to, like, fill, be the person to go on the front line and, like, take all those hits. So I'm going to pick Luther from the Umbrella Academy. But important, I'm picking him not because he is just beefy and an ape man who could take any hits, but also because he's just a dumb idiot. And I think that's very important for a fighter position. What's yeah, that thing? Uh, what is it called? Taunt. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, "Hey, over here, idiots!" And then you just yeah. sort of like take a bunch of shit while everyone else is running around, like setting up or healing. Like, I think he'd be good at that, right? He's he's yeah. a gorilla, yeah. and and he is written like a real fighter in D anD D, where his intelligence and charisma are so low mm-hmm. because his strength is so high, just absurdly high. He is like straight up, like just from the book, a D anD D fighter. I thought about uh, the UA a lot, like in trying to make my list, and this seemed like the most obvious to me was Luther as fighter. I couldn't really place the other ones. I don't want to. I will off air once this is done. Okay, but I'm, I, I think you could look at all of them and probably throw them in. Well, I can't because I'm not a fucking nerd like you. But I appreciate Mike your candor or your lack thereof of. Uh, I'm trying to like start a conversation and talk to you guys on a podcast, and you're like, well. We'll we'll do that later off air. <laughs> We're not here to be friends. <laughs> when it's not important. All right, so halfway through, Cassie, you've got uh, Dodge, Echo, Stripesy, and Luther. Mike, mm-hmm. you're up next. I I want to get my cleric and uh, thinking that, that they, they always have a connection to to some sort of god or godlike being, right? And they can heal in it. Dude, did I get my cleric already? No, I did magic user. Okay. Uh, it's Lucy. It's Lucifer. And oh. so he he's one of those switch clerics who also can fight when you need him to a little. What connection to God does he have? See, that's where you fucked up. I said a God or God-like thing. Uh, he kind of is one, but he's uh, also... I was just kidding. He's God's son. Uh, I, I okay, thought that, good, that, good, 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 that good. would be obvious. Good, <clears throat> good, good. No, I'm in serious mode. I don't want to think yeah, or talk. I'm just like... <laughs> he's ready to fight at any moment. He's like straight up. He is from a God. So sit down. Uh, yeah, good pick, Mike. Uh, your team of Stephen Amell, the Shadow King, and Tom Ellis can fuck. It can get it for sure. <laughs> yeah, n- no missions are ever accomplished because it's just an orgy at all times. <laughs> all right, I'm going to wipe out my cleric then, um, just so we all have one. Uh, my guy gets it right from God as well. The Christian God uh, can heal. And I don't know, I sort of... I always thought of him as more of an asshole, but the more I think about it, the more I think that he can fit in as long as we're all moving forward into what his what the big overall game plan is. So uh, Jesse Custer is going to be my cleric. That's pretty good. That's pretty powerful. We definitely all know he's an asshole. If you guys want (laughs) from Preacher. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, If you guys want to talk about him a little bit, uh, please feel free. I mean, you got the word, right? Yeah. He could do a lot there. And does he heal people in that show? I mean, all he has to do is say, you're healed. And I'm oh, sure whoa. I'm sure there's been a couple of times where he's laid hands. Yeah. That guy lays a lot. He gets around. And there's been a couple times where he catches hands. Uh, and I, then, I, I got nothing for that one. I'm going to go with my ranger because, I don't know, like, Mike, when you think ranger, you do think bow and arrow, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also, like... Is it is it like tracking? Is it like yeah, tracking's in there. Good in nature. Good in nature, or, or we've had talks where like depending on the environment. I, I think this is why tracking is so important because there's like urban rangers 
Okay, and like, then I, uh, Spider-Man could be argued to be a ranger, probably, or Batman more. But I like even though this is not a bow and arrow, I wanted somebody that had their own weapon, like their own signature weapon. And so Winona Earp is going to be my ranger because she can. Oh, and then the other, the big thing, no matter what, is just shooting from far, right? Like mm-hmm. whether yeah, it's a that's... bow and arrow or a sniper gun, uh, she has Peacemaker. It's her signature weapon, and I do feel like that she's getting better at uh, the tracking and the like the the you know the wilderness part of her job. Right. So yeah, she, she's out on the frontier for sure. She's gonna be my ranger. I like and it. that would that would go to Mike and yeah and uh, anytime I choose guys please feel free to talk about what you thought about them that'd be great because I have to like <laughs> I have to write stuff down and then bask in the glow so why not why is my let's try this again why not is my ranger mm-hmm. it's a good pick it's a good pick it's a good pick it seems unconventional I'm surprised your mind just worked so well to get her into that spot you really worked around some things like it wasn't even a bow and arrow it was a gun it's fucking crazy Ryan you did so good Do yeah think I think he he though? more picks the characters he wants and then spends the entire week figuring out how his arguments will lay down like who could this be and just pouring through the player's handbook i don't even have that i don't even have the energy to lie about how that's not true that's just <laughs> all right mike uh i'm gonna pick go with my fighter and uh specifically and this is gonna get tricky because they're not they can't be on the same show so i'm picking the version from legends tomorrow but i want sarah lance so I do have Oliver Queen, but they're on different shows. Does everybody agree yes, that this no, is okay? This we're is not fine. Mike. This is very, <laughs> okay. this is very clearly okay. I was and ready like, for another version of me to pop on one of your screens. You got like I mean, PTSD she, from yourself. Just like, is this fine? Is it good? <laughs> uh, yeah, the devil and angel on Mike's shoulder is a normal version of Mike and a normal version of Mike. And that's a terrible <laughs> way to live. Uh, but Sarah Lance was on or White Canary was on like eight episodes of Arrow and is the fucking superstar goddess of legends. This is totally fine. So she, I mean, she can use any weapon. She can rally a team. And tanks are normally giant, but she is a petite tank. She'll go there and fuck up a whole room full of zombies up. I also like, I don't know if this is fighter as far as D&D goes, but I think it's a great pick because, uh, what is that? I don't care. It's a weapon. You know, like whatever is around her, I will fucking destroy you with. Bit of a brawler. Bit of a brawler, yeah. Oi. Cassie, <laughs> Oi. you've got two. Okay. I'm loving this back-to-back. All right, I'm actually I'm going to go with my magic user, and I'm going to put a sorcerer into this spot because sorcerers, their powers come from, like, their family. And this is a sorcerer who we, don't, we didn't get to know too much about her. Like, the first season we just got introduced, and we found out that her power probably is coming from, like, her dad or is tied into some way. But now there's so much left to be unknown for, for her and like, it gives a lot of mystery to her, and it's going to bring a lot of chaos to my party. So I'm going to draft Sid from I Am Not Okay With This. And I just want this because, like, she obviously has some power, but I, I like a magic user that doesn't fully know how to use their magic. Just, like, can really fuck up a situation without knowing how or why or when. And I think that's going to be good for a party dynamic. So, Cassie, when you're dealing with team chemistry and what, your, what Legends of Cassie is going to be like, it's not about winning the fight. It's about... This fight's going to be interesting because, yeah. oh, that dipshit just fucking spilled her magic everywhere. It's just entertaining. And if the as many kids as I can draft to make Pat feel at home, I'm going to do that as well. Christ, man. <laughs> it's all love Luke Wilson. All Cassie, around you, Pat. You need a ranger and then an, uh, a dealer's choice and other. Can I go ahead and do this dealer's choice? Do we care if we save that for last or if I can I just nope. go for this? No. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to go with, I'm filling the bard position here, 
And for Bard, I am going to take Cheryl Blossom. Yeah, the ultimate Fuck. Bard. Cheryl Blossom. She's a ranger, though, too. Mad- she's clearly a ranger. She's a ranger, but listen, there is a f- argument for her because, like, a bard gets vicious mockery, and there's nobody else I want to have this spell That's besides true. Cheryl Blossom. Like, she what is a so she dances sometimes. Dude, there's she so many times, even outside of musical episodes, she will handle issues by turning on a song and then dancing with all her friends and convincing people of things. This is yeah. an inspired choice, a bard inspiration <laughs> choice. <laughs> But, I mean, she's got, we know she could sing because they've done all the musical episodes. So she's got that backing. And she's just, I love a sassy bard who's there to turn, like, tear people down. And that's Yeah, why if you're I'm playing here. a bard that doesn't insult everybody around you, including your own team, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, honestly. And what's the Grobble's real name? It is Madeline Grobbler Pitch. <laughs> all right. I just, we cannot bring her up and never talk about her real name. Oh, of course Grobbler. Also, of course. Yes, name. This does not count against uh, Cassie Six. This is a seventh person, uh, the monster Grobbler that follows her everywhere and uh, <laughs> eats all matter in front of it and says Grobbler a lot. It grobbles it all up. Man, I cannot wait to... If, if fucking... If Pat Dugan thinks he's met his match with these other teenagers, just oh, yeah. wait till he meets Cheryl Blossom. He's going to crumble into tears. Mike, you're missing a rogue and a dealer's choice. Uh, I'll do my rogue first. Uh you want somebody who has a lot of skill sets. Rogues are, can often be jacks of all trades or jackesses of all trades. And I'm going to go with Crazy Jane from Doom Patrol. Also, in my head, rogues have to wear a lot of black. Yeah. And she does do that. That is canon. That's true. And it's another way that you got multiple people into one here. Oh, no. You're drafting specifically Crazy Jane, though? Are you Well, Crazy Jane comes one? with all her stuff. Okay. No. So she, he is. He's getting them all. <laughs> You, you could have drafted Crazy Jane first and just fit like different personalities into each of the spots. That would have That's been good true. podcasting. <laughs> we don't that do that. Good podcasting. <laughs> we don't do that here. All right. Well, I'm going to keep the theme going of uh, sexy ladies for the rogues. Uh, we have Dodge and Echo and we have Crazy Jane. And I'm going with somebody who knows how to pick a lock. Um, always eventually fights for the right, I think. But you're never totally sure about it. I'm going with Jessica Jones as my rogue. Okay. There is. I, I like feel it. like her alcoholism does take down her sneakiness a bit, but she seems to always have enough of a handle on it. So how about I'll, I'm sneaking into this house, <laughs> <laughs> smash gonna, a window? <laughs> I'm gonna pick the lock. Don't even worry. Yeah, now, she's another like multi-class. She's like half rogue, half fighter. It works. Yeah. yeah, Mike. For my last one, I need your help on because so my my I think my magic user is a wizard, Doctor Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, sure. So, but if I go with sorcerer for my dealer's choice, I wonder if that's okay. And then I don't even know if this counts as one. Uh, do you know what sorcerer like? Is sorcerer like Cassie? You said that they are the magic. Magic comes from their family, I believe, like their heritage, or internally, right? Like, yeah. Versus wizards have components. They like learn it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Internally or inhumanly, I'm gonna go with Daisy Quake. Quake is gonna be my sorcerer and my dealer's choice. And I like that you're you're a player who's decided to beef up one spell, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of getting a bunch of spells, like you're just learning variations on the one. You were talking about mid-max. Well, I mean, like, all of her spells are like, uh, so there's Quake, and there's Quake Attack, and there's Quake Horrific, and there's uh, the Quake Assance, <laughs> and she, is, uh, she has a lot of different spells. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that this is what she maybe lacks in 
variety she makes up for mm-hmm. in sheer power and then sheer also power, yeah. creativity i think that i think that she's she's at the point right when the show ended where she was like you know how the flash can like use his speed for a billion different things i think right. she's uh, just about there all right mike it's just dealer's choice for you I, i'm gonna go with a monk so in general my team is very fight heavy uh but i want uh like the best fighter there is on any of her shows is melinda may the cavalry because she generally specializes in hand-to-hand combat, which is why I'm putting her in the monk class. Specializes in hand-to-hand combat makes her a monk. It doesn't have anything to do with like religion or... I, I don't know if they ever dealt with May's religion. No, I'm saying the monk class. Oh. Not really. It's like they, they get like centered and like white out and go fight. Oh. Uh, and I think she does that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Where after every after every fight you're like, what happened? What happened? That was crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that she's been talked about right now. And Agents of Shield in general, just we should talk about in every exactly segment. Uh, Cassie, you've yeah. got your Ranger. Left it all to the Ranger. So I think Mike was on the right lines. Like you obviously got to put somebody in here. The show's name is Arrow. So how are you not going to put? somebody from Arrow in this position. But, like, I want the best ranger out there. I want the best one with the bow and arrow from that one. So I'm actually going to pick Malcolm Merle because when your team is a like has their back against the wall and they are outnumbered, it, it's not looking good for them in a fight. You need somebody with a good range to level that playing field a bit. And that's why you need the absolute best, and I'm getting Malcolm Merle in there. And so, Mike, uh, the guy's last name is Merlin, which is the name of a... Other famous magician, yes? Yeah. Is she adding extra magic onto her team by doing this? Yeah, he is kind of another multi-class because he's like, you could argue, especially if he's Merlin from first season where his name was the Dark Archer. So he's like Ranger first and then a few spells in his back pocket. It's hard not to multi-class when we are shoving these kinds of characters into a D&D format. Yeah. All right, so the way that the end of these drafts work is I'm going to read, first I'm going to read Cassie's team, and Mike and I are going to give it a score out of, from 1 to 10, and then we're going to do that for all the teams and see who won. Uh, Mike, you ready for Cassie? Yes. Cassie's team is, her ranger is Malcolm Merlin. Her rogue is Dodge Echo, the person, not the car. Uh, her magic user is Sid from, uh, I am not okay with this. Her cleric is Stripesy. Her fighter is Luther from Umbrella Academy, and her uh, dealer's choice is Cheryl Blossom. What I do love about this team is uh, it does. it's often that the cleric on a team is like the vo- the consciousness and constantly fighting what every other character wants to do, and this definitely has that. It is a pretty chaotic, evil team. Mm-hmm. And then Stripesy yeah. is there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does this all come down to like how powerful and influential we think that Stripesy will be? <laughs> I, I don't think I, I think he's going to talk in a dumb accent, and nobody will listen to him ever. And he's going to be very upset when his team decides to do it. All the points. Yeah, and keep in mind too that like the actual scoring is not the what we, how we think the show will work. It's whether or not it will beat mine and your teams. Right. So on a scale of one to ten, what are we thinking? I, I'm feeling a, a, just a solid seven. Okay, I was going to go seven point five. I'll take. Oh, it. I didn't even think about decimals. I never do. Yeah, it's a, that's a weird fucking life decision you made. Uh, Cassie, cool. Cassie, ready for Mike's team? Yes. The Ranger is one Oliver Queen. The Rogue is Crazy Jane. The Magic User is the Shadow King from uh, Legion. The Cleric is Lucifer from Morningstar. Your Fighter is Sarah Lance. And your Dealer's Choice is a Monk named Melinda May. 
Arrow, Crazy Jane, Shadow King, Lucifer, Sarah Lance, and Melinda May. Yeah, he went... It's a powerful team for sure. Like, that is... Just hearing that lineup is very threatening. It does seem very useful. What do you think? Out of a score, I'm going to give it... Wow. It's just... It's also they have the hot factor. I'm rating, like, Rate My Professor, and there's, like, the chili pepper factor in this one. So I do also got to bump it up for that. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go eight. I am actually going to go seven on this one, and here's why. I think it's very powerful, but the powers are so fucking varied. Like, half of the team is essentially, uh, like, godlike, could create their own planets. And the other half of the team is like, I have a bow staff, and I'm not sure how they're going to gel. So I'm going to go seven. That's D&D, man. (laughs) Did you draft D&D, man? (laughs) You didn't have anybody to bring the team together, a.k.a. a Pat Dugan, so, you know, it's hard. That's Ollie! I don't. I don't know if I trust his ability. So that's where we got this issue. But Cassie trusts Pat Dugan. So one hundred percent. All right, uh, guys. Here's my team. My ranger is Winona Earp. My rogue is Jessica Jones. My magic user is Doctor Manhattan. My cleric is Jesse Custer. My fighter is Big Bebo, and my dealer's choice is a sorcerer named Quake. Talking about a range of abilities here. Of humans, of Winona Earp and Dr. Manhattan being on the same team is pretty it's wild. Unreal. They're going to fuck. It's <laughs> also unreal. Like, he got Dr. Manhattan. So, like, what do we do with that? Like, how do we... There is no downside to Dr. Manhattan. But, okay. They're on a mission. They're, like, in a frontier town. And they're like, go find this missing spell book. Dr. Manhattan will just be like, that is below me. <laughs> I care not for your petty missions. I thought you were going to say Dr. Manhattan's catchphrase, that is baloney. What if he, like, everything is just baloney to this guy? (laughs) I would love if this all-powerful dude thinks it's all just GD baloney. (laughs) Man, I love that. I do, he got Bebo, though, and, like, Bebo's so strong, Mm -hmm. so he's got the Bebo factor that's bumping his in my mind. I think, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to give it a nine. Holy crap. I, I think it's uh now that I know we can use these seven point two five. Oh bullshit! Because now I have to have a calculator. First of all, Mike, that's some revenge ass rating. What? You're I not, don't even remember what you rated mine. You're not being true to yourself. But I do have the winners, Cassie. You're in third place with a seven point two five. Mike, second place with seven point five, and I won with an eight point one two. Uh, so yeah, keep that's the tradition, stupid. guys. Of you guys not being very good at this stuff, and I am very good. Cassie, just back Bebo's to you. Very good. Thank you. I do. I re- instantly regret giving him any so- sort of win. Yeah. So I do got to remember that next time. I'll remember that in the, all the other segments, which coming up next, we're going to be talking about The Flash. All right. As I said earlier, we are trying to fill our time with shows. So that means, again, we went back to an older show. And Ryan, what did we watch this week? In 1988, a year before Tim Burton's Batman, CBS decided it wanted to revive the superhero TV movie like in the grand old days of the superhero celebrity roast. They tapped two of Hollywood's hottest writers who were currently trying to get their Rocketeer script off the ground. Their Rocketeer script off the ground. Off the ground, ground, right? That's why he gasped. It was such a perfect joke. Danny Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo. uh, They wrote about a bunch of superheroes, but it was clear that the twosome, along with new CBS president Jeff Sagansky, were all about that flash. And so CBS committed hard. It filmed a pilot with a budget of $6 million and with a record-setting Whoa. amount of special effects. 
They then budgeted a million and a half dollars for each episode after that, which was an earth-shattering number at the time. The result was a well-meaning, good-looking, cult-having flop that could have never recouped its budget, even if CBS didn't place it on Thursday nights against Bill Cosby and The Simpsons. CBS even started a promotion to save the show that had commercials that said, after Bill, after Bart, switch to The Flash on CBS. It didn't work, and the show lasted one season. Now... (laughs) Now, 30 years later, The Flash, along with dozens of other Marvel, DC, and independent comic book characters, are television hits. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Was there anything in the 1990 Flash that you think may have helped pave the way for the situation we're in today? Yeah, I think so. I think it was not rolling its eyes at superhero dumbness. Like, The Flash didn't show up in his costume, like, apologizing for his costume, right? (laughs) He's just like, I'm here. And, And it handled so well. More than a lot of, I think, our current shows, the balancing Barry's life and the Flash's life. Like, Barry's drama is more important than the Flash and his adventures often. Yeah, which is a Marvel thing, but definitely a, a, right. a today's TV thing. Uh, the show should be probably called Barry, right? And then sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's the Flash. I think that's why their marketing didn't work. It's after Bill, after Bart. Barry, and that fits perfectly. <laughs> Everybody would do it then. You should have been the new president of CBS when you were four <laughs> years old. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> Kick rocks, Les Moonves. Cassie, this show, uh, this show is nerdy as fuck. Uh, Mike and I, I think, got a lot out of it because, I mean, Mike, did it? Did the Tim Burton hit you hard? Oh yeah, I mean, it really did feel like somebody watched. Burton's Batman and went, we could do that on TV. And they're like, they even got Danny Elfman to do the score. Which is crazy, yeah. The two-hour pilot. And then found somebody, Uh, just like uh, the Simpsons found with Alf Clausen, they found somebody just for the the score in the show that isn't the main theme. Just do like what he did. Just go and do what he did. Do that kind. And and yeah, the the way it's shot and that like campy and cool at the same time. Like, again, it's not making fun of it, but it's like, superheroes and antics are kind of goofy like that biker gang he fights against in the pilot seems like the the foot clan before they put on their ninja album. yeah exactly it's just like punk rockers thinking. yes it was yeah? strong foot vibes so cassie this is sort of up me and mike's alleys when at the time if we were to watch it then and now how did you do i mean it wasn't like it wasn't terrible there was for me it was hard just because i went from the like CW Flash that is out right now, and that's how I knew like the Flash as this like dorky little scrawny kid, and Peter now Parker. we've got this beefy man who is like just desperate to be seen as a cop. Like, there's a lot more. It is a lot more focused on Barry and like his life drama, mm-hmm. and like I'm always used to like all of the superhero shows we watch now. Like, there's a strong dynamic between like the team and like the rest of his team. Like Iris and all of them, who I knew were supposed to be his team, like kind of suck. So it was just kind of like reorienting myself on this one right i mean we have a brother that is a big time policeman uh and so supportive of barry that we know he's gonna die uh we have a dad who literally can't go one second without saying barry's a little bitch barry fucking looks for fingerprints so because he's in the forensics and his mom is like gerald or whatever his name is Like, like i'm just kidding you know that when i tell one son that he's way lesser than the other son it's just a joke huh yeah i do love at a certain point barry 
has to go to the hospital for something. And so the dad tells the story about getting shot. Oh, it's after Barry gets struck by lightning. It's yeah. like his, now I'm the flash accent. So he's in the hospital and the dad interrupts him. Like the doctor telling them how Barry will be to tell a story about getting shot. And the mom's like, this is not about you. <laughs> like yeah. this dad is openly a piece of shit, which he's probably never heard or thought before. This, this one situation right now is actually yeah. not about you. You fat, straight, white male. Yeah, it, he was so much. It was a lot. Like, straight up, like, Barry just, like, leaves the hospital, and his story, like, his reason is, he's like, you heard Dad? I'm like, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Bro. Like, just, yeah. you're crazy. And I love the brother for being supportive, but I would love the yeah. brother more if he was like, hey, Dad, shut the fuck up, or I shut will punch you in the face. I'm going to put your head through the fucking wall if you discourage this kid again. But there, there, there's that part of, like, being, like, he's a good older brother, quote, unquote, but he also, like, fully followed in the father's footstep. And he's like, I don't have the brains you have. But it's still, like, part of him must feel the same way the dad feels yeah. because he doesn't tell the dad to shut up. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I trust older brothers who don't get shot in the face. So that's just me. <laughs> Let's go through the plot real quick. And did this guy, did this feel like to you guys that you've seen, you just know every superhero plot or just every Flash specific origin because it's we meet barry we we find out the family dynamic and then he discovers the powers he tries them out in real life and then Mm -hmm. he decides to maybe like do some good with them did it feel like that i've seen barry allen's origin story a billion times or is it just superheroes in general it's soups in general. Like, there's enough differences here that, like, Barry wasn't like, I want to be a superhero. He goes to Start Labs to say, please get this away from me. Like, take the speed, not, don't make me, until his brother dies. So he has that, like, push. Yeah. And it's the, like, the training montage that we always get. Like, them finding their powers just kind of always starts to blend together. And once you get a running yeah. guy, you obviously got to take him to a track, hook him up to little, like, sensor things it's certain things that still just are like kind of constants in origin stories that make it seem like we've seen it so many times nodes there's always so many nodes do you have do you have superpowers we're gonna cover you in fucking nodes Um, but let me tell you, her science lab had a vibe like it was all the most insane, like not sciencey stuff. And there's just purple lights everywhere. It was a cool lab. I, she parties. I yeah. didn't see a vibe. I didn't see Cisco anywhere. Uh-huh. Boom, boom. Shh. Um, let's get to ship. Let's get to the guy who we now know as Barry Allen's dad slash uh-huh. in the what is it in the multiverse or the infinite earth's. He's also this is uh, this is one of the Infinite Earths, and then also in our CW verse, he's Barry's dad. Did this guy have it? Did you guys think that like, uh, okay, I get why this guy was picked to be a superhero, and he's definitely bringing it for me? I feel bad because I think it was last week on the show. I said I did not like how John Wesley Ship is compared to Keaton and Wonder Woman and Christopher like. That like he's starting to become one of the Trinity. He's the fourth pillar now. Uh-huh. Uh, and I take it back. I like he, in a very '90s kind of way. I get it. He is charming, but he's not like he's not super smooth, and he's not super bumbling. He's like a real dude that's still interesting to watch. Somehow, I didn't know you could just be uh, a fully fledged person on a TV show. So like, if Clark Kent and Superman like froze in the middle, uh huh. Like he's a good dude who fucks up. He he's a bit of a dog. At times, he messes up. Like he's not always honest, but he's not like diabolical. He he is just like a dude trying to live up to his dad's expectations and his own like moral compass, and it's it's pretty interesting. Cassie, were you did his performance make you more or less interested in the journey of Barry Allen? It made me. For me, it was like a little bit less, just because like I do. I didn't know I had such strong attachment to like 
Barry being like a dorky little kid, but I do like that. And it's just, it was the dogness of him that really threw me off. Like the fact that he is straight up just like sometimes a straight asshole, but with that dad, you will be. But like, that is what really threw me off is like, Barry isn't like an asshole. And this guy is. But you're also the kind of person who has a strong attachment to Ninja Turtles having giant eye slits below their eyes and sitting there in a chair shaking, just going like, turtle power, turtle power, shell talk. This this had like character development and stuff. And I don't care about that. Like, I'm sure they were setting up a lot of stuff and like, it's going to be a good story later on. I don't care about that. There was no shell shock. There was no H1, no hovercrafts. I don't care about this. I lo- Cassie, I love how you review TV because you're not like, this character development is bad. But instead you say, that there was character development There is, is character development. That's bad. I, I do think, speaking to what, like, it's what you grew up on. Because I remember when the CW's Flash came out, I had a coworker at the time who was so mad that Barry was like this young kid. Because he's like, no, the whole Barry Allen was a different kind of person because he, he was just an adult who knew how to do things. Mm. And so he hated that Flash. Well, I, well do I, like I mean, his... I screamed out Peter Parker, right? Like, isn't it just right. Peter Parker with speedy powers? Exactly. Yeah. That That is the new Flash. This is like, I, I do find it interesting that he still has issues. He doesn't know how to deal with the world, but at no point is he like, I don't know what I should even do. Like, he just kind of handles it like an adult, and so few of our shows do that. Mm-hmm. I found it very interesting. Yeah. To, yeah, to not have somebody who just got their first three pubes and just to, like, <laughs> always have to run to either daddy or girlfriend. Uh, speaking of that, Paula Marshall, who is an actress that I really like, plays Iris West. And you guys witnessed her first and last performance as Iris West. Uh, this happens a lot in pilots where they're like, this is not working. And she got written out immediately and was to never be seen again. Did that surprise you guys? On- only because Iris West is so huge in Flash canon. Yeah. But right. with the performance and, like, chemistry and all that, no. Definitely right move there. But, yeah, because of the story and, like, to just have her out of it is crazy. First of all, she had, like, hipsters were not a thing invented in, like, 2009. There's always, always, always been hipsters. And she is a 1990 so hipster. History. Like, she's got that little, like, square hat. And mm-hmm. she, like, you can tell, like, she knows every Queen Latifah lyric. And uh, <laughs> she was fucking terrible. Uh, this And the other thing, too, is that as a character it, she was only like i don't like whatever is currently going on in this scene there was no like through line there was no like right. uh there was no like uh true north it was just like hey whatever's going on i fucking don't like it yeah it, it, it but what i thought felt true about it is it does feel like that late 20s relationship before you like you're gonna be like well i want to get with the cool arty person because i never have before and i'm gonna stay with them longer than people say i should like and then because like, i'm making my own decisions this time and then you're like wait this is awful then you're like oh i know why they're cool and arty because they have nothing else to offer yeah uh part of the reason that she goes away is because of the chemistry with uh john wesley ship and dr tina mcgee who mm. i think that's a name from the comic books i would change it because if Somebody was like, I need a doctor. And you're like, oh, I have Dr. McGee. I would be like, no, thank you. I don't. Dr. <laughs> McGee is not a good doctor name. But did you guys feel the two of them together? Yeah, those, yeah. for sure. Like, those two make sense. Like, every time they try to put them together or they had, like, a little moment, I was like, this this one tracks. This one is more real. And it's it felt like two adults being together versus an adult, like, being with a child with iris yes. like iris seems way too young for him just because of the huge difference in their personalities yeah he's like thinking about mortgages yeah. yeah and she's like nobody's reading my zine yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right last last thing i want to get to um 
is, Mike, you had said this earlier, it's the villains. And I think that I, I, a lot of the show is very impressive that this was on CBS. And I guess they, they paid $6 million, so it better be impressive. But the villains are a bunch of bikers slash ex-cops who decide to just, like, sow chaos throughout the city. Were the... Did these did these guys strike you as like scary or nineties or do these villains like uh, back up the tone of the show or go against the tone of the show? Scary nineties. They were so nineties it was scary. Uh, I I think backed up because it, it is a little goofy. Like and it's like this isn't really what you're supposed to care about. You should care about the character drama. Uh, the guy looked like Rutger Hauer. The guy who was in charge, and I kept getting confused, but he is no Rutger Hauer. Which is a bonus or a disadvantage? Disadvantage. I think it would be better if he was Rutger Hauer. But, like, what I liked is the inter-criminal drama. Like, they weren't just the Foot Clan. They were not faceless. There was, like, side characters and subplots. And one of the characters, like, one of the criminals wanted to get out of that criminal life. His big plan was to leave town with $300, which is not a great plan, probably why he's a criminal. And his girlfriend, like, betrayed him. Like, there was, there was, they tried to make sure you cared about every aspect of the show, which I did respect. Because $300 is too much. People are, yeah. are going to notice. You need 150 bucks, and that is it. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's your cap right there. For, Cass- it was, yeah, it was a mix between, like, obviously they, like, went hard with the biker vibe, and they went hard to let you know, like, these dudes are bad guys. Like, they are, like, they went out of their way to see, like, they will <laughs> screw over each other. Like, it's lawless land. But they, then they did make them goofy. Like, when they break into or, like, get everyone out from the jail, they just show up on their bikes and are riding their bikes through the halls of the jail. And, like, nobody <laughs> would fucking do that. That's unreal. And that was the part where I was like, okay, I get these. I get this group. Don't drive and- to the place that the cops want to put you in. Don't, like, do their job for you. <laughs> and some of their names are, like, Pike and Kill Switch. But there is a p- certain point where, like, the Flash is, t- t- like, fighting a group of the gang. And they're like, what happened to Bill and Steve? Get get biker <laughs> nicknames, bros. Or Dandelion and Lollipop. <laughs> yeah, I think, ultimately, I thought the... I thought the pilot was impressive, if not entertaining, right? Like, I thought, I was like, this is kind of cool. I'm surprised that they were able to do all of this. But I think that the biggest fuck up was it basically lies in the biker gang because the music and the darkness and the alleyways and the way that it was filmed and the biker game, biker gang really makes me think that they were like, they had comic books in mind. Right. But. With all of the time that we spend with Barry and his family and his brother and his dad and his girlfriend and his future doctor girlfriend, that that was the clash, right? Like that was the, right. that was the flash clash. Is what what show are you trying to do? And ultimately, I think what they were trying to do is save money, right? Like we can't have right. we can't have every scene look like it's a blockbuster movie. We have to have a lot of scenes that are like, hey, I'm a TV and we're talking about feelings. But I was I was not opposed to those feelings. I was I, right. I was just I had whiplash when uh you know Barry and his brother were talking or Barry and his nephew were talking and then it cuts to a biker named Pike. I hi, my name is Pike and I ride a bike and he's like we're gonna kill every last <laughs> cop in the city. <laughs> All right, Pike, calm down. You don't even have superpowers yet. Where the fuck is Mark Hamill? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think is that I feel like that's is that all we want to talk about for the Flash because we're doing it more next week. We are. We are. <laughs> we got so much to talk about. I'm, How could we not? We didn't even get to Mark yeah, Hamill. I, exactly. I, I think, Ryan, like you said, where is Mark Hamill? I think next week will be all about the ham. Focus on the ham instead of the biker ham. It's going to be great. Uh, speaking of, like, 
that is it for the show, you guys. So I am going to talk about next week. But before I do that, uh, Mike, can you tell me about some websites? Yourpopfilter.com is where all the stuff we make lives. Throw on a little slash Amazon on the back end. Make that your bookmark. That's how you shop at Amazon. While you're getting whatever soaps and things, because you don't want to go to the grocery store, help us out at the same time. Go over to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier and get a prescribed amount of extra content based on the tier you chose. I think that's the smoothest and catchiest I've ever pitched that. I like, I like it as a prescription for sure. Like we know the exact amount based on how much money you have that we yeah. of bullshit we are prescribing you. Take two doses and call us in the morning. <laughs> oh, also, asterisks do not call us in the morning. What the fuck? Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, that's, it's going to feel clingy. You didn't pick that right tier. And Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows? Yes, I can. Uh, right now, you're listening to the Superhero Show Show. Make sure that you uh, subscribe, rate, and review this one. Don't just download every week, guys. Subscribe to it. Subscribe. I know your generation hates commitment, but it's so much easier if you just subscribe to it. And while you're subscribing to things, we have Movie of the Year, where Mike is taking me and other nameless people, other no-face spirits, on a journey through the year 2000. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on, bud. Do you need food, or what do you want? Okay, give me some gold. Thank you. Okay, now move along uh, to the year 2001. Uh, so movie of the year is, you should subscribe to that. And then, of course, if you uh, were like, Ryan and Mike seem talented, seem too talented, uh, subscribe to Unnatural 20s, where Cassie's like, this is what it's like to, uh, I don't know, teach underprivileged kids. <laughs> And that's exactly every week you get to experience that. Thank you for that plug, Ryan. Uh, Mike, can you tell us about our social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Those are the things we still use. Check them out. The only two you should care about, the only two you should be on. Uh, But we do also have an email if you want to get in contact with us that way. If you have a D&D party you want to draft, uh, go ahead and email that to us. Let us know. I think we probably picked the best ones, but you can go ahead and send yours over. I think that our three teams were awesome, but let's focus specifically on Cleric. Okay, so we had Stripesy, uh, mm-hmm. Lucifer, and Jesse Custer. Hey, listeners, if you think that there's a Cleric that we missed, just to like, just so they have some focus. Yeah, what? I like it. Who is the Cleric that we should have had? Because Cleric is hard for me. Like, do they have to be a yeah. doctor? Do they have to be religious? I don't know. Just a healing spirit. I think I feel like I got the best one. But if you, the guys seem to think we're lacking, go ahead and email us. And as I, I only know that Cassie got the worst one. That is all yeah, I know from the draft. That's I scientifically accurate. I don't think that's true either. But we can discuss it more next week while we're also discussing The Walking Dead, which is going to be back in our lives because it is the finale oh. of The Walking Dead. We have the premiere of a different Walking Dead. There's so much Walking Dead <laughs> now. And we're going to wrap up our Flash coverage with the two Mark Hamill episodes. That's good. That, there's no Walking good. Dead in that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. So be sure to tune in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. And for me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.